0: Each week, since the first of the year, I just sense that God is doing something, and we're just trying to take time to let Him do it. I really sense that He's growing us, um, and although we talked about this in the state of the church, I I believe He's going to grow us numerically, I am as equally committed to the fact that He's growing us as disciples, and so we're not in any hurry to move past those moments when the Holy Spirit interrupts our schedule. Amen. It's good to see you this morning. I hope you had a great week and uh, <clears throat> that God is doing some great things in your life. Everybody all right? Man, first service was stinking quiet on me this morning. They worked me. Boy, they worked me. And I'm asking you to be easy to preach to this, this second service. Y'all are supposed to be the ones awake anyway. Y'all got to sleep in. So uh, like y'all to come in like bouncing off the walls or something. I, I don't know. But <clears throat> Um, different kind of day but that's all right we just believe that the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing Uh, we are in the third week of a series called tactics Uh, this as I've mentioned to you uh, is birthed out of this concept Paul says in 2nd Corinthians chapter 2 um, verse 11 that he wanted us to be very aware of how the enemy works I'm convinced that a lot of us are not very aware of how the enemy works and so what happens is is we fall to the same schemes over and over again. In fact, I would submit to you, this is just my, this is just what I've noticed. I've just noticed this. Uh, Most of us fall to the same tricks. They're just repackaged. Uh, What I discover is that people that battle depression, uh, when they were teenagers, it was depression 1.0. And then when they're young adults, it's depression 2.0. And then it becomes depression 3.0. And it just cycles back and, okay, y'all, y'all don't be quiet on me now. Um, I discovered that people that are fighting uh, issues in their life, the devil never really throws anything new. He just repackages it, and we seem to fall to it over and over again. And so Paul was very clear about the fact that we should learn how the enemy works. In other words, you've got to become very self-aware, and you've got to take some stock of your own life so that you don't fall to the enemy so easily. And so that's where the Bible is. But I also recognize, and and the, the premise of this series has been, is that I'm also equally concerned and maybe more concerned that it's not the devil that we don't understand, it's God we don't understand. And so since we don't understand how God works, when God begins to work in our life, if we don't understand the tactics that He uses, then oftentimes when God begins to work, we literally ignore Him, resist Him, and fight him and actually blame the workings of God on the enemy. And he begins to work on us, and we go, well, that's because of the devil, when the, the reality was God was in the se- behind the scenes pulling strings and working through tactics to try to get us to a new level, but we don't understand that, so we don't know how he works, and we resist. And so my, my, my challenge to you then is that in 2015, this is going to be a novel idea here. I, I just am encouraging you that in 2015, we actually cooperate with God. We figure out how God works, and then because we know how He works, what we do then is we actually cooperate and participate with Him so that we get to where he wants us, wants us to get, okay? So that's my challenge. And so last week we talked about the fact that God goes before. And, I, and I'm not going to re-preach that. You have your catch-up card in the bulletin. It will catch you up. So last week we talked about this fact that God goes before us. And so today what I want to do is I want to talk to you about the fact that God comes after us. Uh, I read to you out of Isaiah chapter 45, verse 2 last week. Uh, you need to understand the scene The scenario that is taking place here. The children of Israel are in bondage to the Babylonians. They have been captive. They are prisoners. They are slaves. Isaiah comes on the scene as a mouthpiece of God, and he makes this proclamation over them in Isaiah chapter 45 that I read to you last week, revealing to us one of the tactics that we talked about last week. He stands up and he says, This God will go before you. Remember, we talked about that last week. That's one of the tactics. Well, now what takes place is just a little bit later in Isaiah. In fact, you can turn there if you like. It's in Isaiah chapter 52. Um, We're going to read another proclamation that Isaiah makes. And he repeats the proclamation he's already declared that God goes before us. But he adds something to it that we can trace throughout Scripture. It's repeated over and over again. And the truth is this morning is it's a tactic that God uses in our lives even to this day. Isaiah chapter 52, verse 12. Let's see what he says. He says this. But you will not leave in haste or go in flight. For the Lord will go before you. Before. Before. We talked about before. But now he says this. Here's the, here's the revelation. The God of Israel will be your rear guard he repeats the same statement in isaiah chapter 58 verse 8 so he is declaring to us now here are the tactics of god god will go before you in battle but he will also come behind you in battle after okay y'all aren't any more excited about that than the first service was so let me see if i can help you i think i got them to be excited about it by the end but let me see if i can explain just as a way of information, let me make this statement to you: A rear guard is a detachment of troops that go uh, that 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 are in the rear. They guard. They are detailed. They are assigned to guard the rear of a moving column. They're at the back. They lay back just a little bit and they guard a moving column. Another way to say that is the rear guard is generally used for security during during a forward movement. Okay, you still know more excited, so let me... Okay, there's a book called The Art of War. It's all about tactics um, and strategies of war. And I find this statement in there interesting. The author says this, Ground that is of great advantage to either side is contentious ground. And this is what he says, On contentious ground, hurry up your rear guard. Okay, let me just submit to you this we are living in contentious times there is territory that is advantageous to both sides and so there's a war going on and if we ever needed this tactic we need it right now you will remember last week that i made a statement to you uh and i stopped and made it uh tried to make it as memorable to let you know that i was going to come back to it so if you were here last week i made this statement you should remember this statement I said, he prepares the way for our arrival. Y'all remember that? Uh, I think I said something like, remember this little scrawny white boy said. Okay, just so you would remember. All right. He prepares the way for our arrival. But I told you last week that I wanted you to remember that, and it would be increasingly important, because this week I was going to flip it on you. Remember that? So if God is using the tactic before then he goes ahead of us and he prepares the way for our arrival. But when God begins to use the tactic of after, we need to understand that then it is necessary for us to prepare the way for him. All right now, it's going to get tight in here before it gets fun, all right? Because what I told you is that when God goes before, He prepares the way, but when God comes after, it's our responsibility to prepare the way. Okay, so, 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 okay. Let me give you an example. The quintessential example found in Scripture is the account of the children of Israel and Moses who have been captive to the Egyptians, and God goes before them and sends plagues and destruction. He goes before them until finally Pharaoh relents and lets them go. I know you haven't read it, but you've watched the movie. Okay, I know how you are. Uh, so, so he goes before them, right? But then, as they're marching into freedom, they come face to face with an obstacle called the Red Sea. And all of a sudden, Pharaoh has changed his mind because he realizes he's leaving his free workforce. And so he chases them down from behind. And they come to this Red Sea. God has gone before them to help them to escape. But now they are running for their lives, and God shows up behind, right? You know the story. They cross over the Red Sea, closes in, right? God behind. But we miss it. We missed it. Because here they are, face to face with this Red Sea army coming behind, and the instructions comes to Moses that they have to step into the Red Sea. And at the moment they step into the Red Sea, then God shows up behind, okay, you're getting it now. So let me say some things to you about this tactic. This is not my notes. I'm just going to say this for free. I won't charge you any extra for this one. I like the before tactic better than I like the after tactic. I didn't tell first service that because I was afraid they couldn't handle it. I'm just telling you. Uh, I like the before tactic better than I like the after tactic. And here's why. When God begins to... come after here it is you need to write this in your notes the next step is often our step in other words what I'm saying to you is that too often we are waiting on God when the reality is is that God is waiting on us Ooh, okay y'all starting I think you're we want god to prepare and he is waiting on us to make preparation here's the truth you will never experience the after tactic that god uses if you're not willing to do something and step out in faith in fact i want to say it like this to you you will never experience a, re- a rear-guarding God unless you walk in such a manner that you do some things that get you behind enemy lines. Because if you're not out there doing something for God and, and taking territory and taking chances and risking something, then you have no need of a rear-guarding God. Because if you're not out there, way out there on the other side of the enemy lines, there's nothing back there anyway. Let me see if I can. If you're constantly playing it safe, you will never experience a rear-guarding God. It's, it's, I can prove this to you out of Scripture. Can can I can I prove it to you have to just real quick? Like how about this one? Noah is vindicated after he builds an ark. You know, it didn't rain, not one drop, before he stepped out. He didn't need a rear-guarding God until he. Okay, you're getting it. Uh, The leper was cleansed when he took steps to dip. Not before. He wasn't healed on the way to the river. He was only healed after he began to actually dip in the river, right? Okay. Uh, How about this one? Jesus came after Peter when Peter stepped out into danger. The bedridden man is healed only after his friends take a risk, rip the roof off, do some destruction, lower him down through the roof, and then Jesus reaches out and heals him. Only after they had taken steps to prepare, okay? Uh, The multitude is fed only after a little boy steps forward and says, hey, you don't have anything, but I got five loaves and two fish. It's not much, but here you go. It doesn't seem like much, but he was literally stepping out and taking a step. The next step is often our step." Some of you are waiting on God to step in, and the the, the the dilemma is is that God is waiting on you so I told you that in order to participate and cooperate with God when he 's going before we have to let God get out in front of us we got to pray God what what before I make any choices before I select a mate before I go to a school before I go take a job before I buy a car uh, before I spend another dollar. I want you to get out ahead of me and help me to make the right choice. Y'all remember all that? We did all that last week. So we must participate in him going forward ahead of us. How do we participate in him coming behind? We're going to get very, very practical this morning. In fact, there's a test at the end. So you may want to take good notes. How do you prepare the way for God? How? How do I cooperate? If this is a tactic that God uses and He waits for me to take a step, then what steps do I need to take in order to hurry up my rear guard? Okay, here we go. I'm going to help you right here. I'm going to ask you some questions and see if we, if you pass. How do you prepare the way to be blessed? Woo, hundred. Give her an A. We give. The reason that we spend time talking about giving a tithe, the first 10%, first fruits, the reason we do that, see, some of y'all got it twisted. Y'all think it's so the church can be blessed, but that's not scriptural. The reason that we push you to tithe, come on, tithe, come on, give, is not so that we can be blessed as a body, although we will be. That's part of it, but that's not the reason. The reason, the, the preparation that we do is when we give like god says to give then it says he will open up the windows of heaven we literally prepare the way for god to step into our finances when we give first fruits see some of y'all living cursed calling it blessed because you don't even know any better you think it's blessed right now but you're living cursed and even though it's good what could it be if you would prepare the way okay Y'all taking this a little bit better in first service. I, don't know. I guess they don't tie I don't know. How do you prepare the way for forgiveness? Y'all are like 100%. Y'all my A students. Y'all must have stayed up all night long cramming for this test. That's right. You forgive. You prepare the way for forgiveness by forgiving. And the truth is that there's some of you in this room that need to forgive because you can't be forgiven unless you forgive. We prepare, we participate. God comes behind us with forgiveness when we learn to forgive. Because if we can't forgive our brother, that we can't. Okay. How do you prepare for a miracle? If you would say this morning, Steve, I need a miracle in my life. How do you prepare the way for an after God to show up and as your rear guard and produce a miracle in your life? May I submit to you that the way that you prepare for a miracle is this. You obey. Our obedience is the seedbed for for miracles. Oh my, you, go, you go read and almost every miracle ever accomplished in Scripture was based on on somebody taking a step of obedience and doing what God said to do. Some of y'all just want God to show up and bring me a miracle, but you won't do what He said to do. Okay. How do you prepare the way for promotion? Because so some of y'all are saying, "Man, I need a, I need a promotion at my job. Man, I need somebody promote me." Well, let me just tell you how you participate and how you prepare. How about this? Be faithful and little. Because when you're faithful and little, the Bible says that he will give you much. And if you're not faithful and little, then why would he want to give you much? So, like, clock in early. Quit jacking around while you're at work and doing like, playing games on your phone. Actually work. Oh, I'm being mean now. I need a promotion. I need you to promote me from C to A. How about actually studying? How about... Okay. It's getting really quiet now. You liked it when I was preaching to everybody else, but now I'm in your mess. We prepare the way for promotion. I I need a breakthrough. I need a miracle in, in my marriage. Well, participate. Cooperate with God. How do we do that? How about this? Honor. How about this? Prefer. How about this one? Get counseling. Why do we wait until it's too late and then in panic mode? I need help! Too late. Damage has been done. It's over. Get counseling early. That's how we participate. Okay, it's a man. How do we prepare for freedom? We confess. You will never stay in any area of freedom that you're not willing to tell somebody about what you're struggling with. I wish I could remember Pastor Josh's statement. What, what, What did he say? We're never saved beyond our secrets. That's a paraphrase. That's true for most of us. We don't stay free because we have secrets that we won't tell anybody. And it's our confession that produces freedom in us. How about this one? If you want to be free, why don't you set up some guardrails? Some of y'all keep falling in the same areas, but you won't set up any guardrails. You're still hanging out with the same crew. You're still watching the same junk. You're still visiting the same sites. And then you wonder why you keep falling. Hello, McFly, anybody home? How about participate in the rear guard? Okay, all right. See, here. here's what I've discovered. I am sure of this. And this is where it's going to get very practical for you, and this is your homework here in just a moment. For everything we need, There is a step of preparation that we are responsible to take. For everything we need, there is a step that is our responsibility to take. And that's because, I I need you to know that because our issue is that we want God to step in and we're not willing to step out. The next step is often ours. And until we are willing to take that step, we will never see God come after us. Per, let me say it like this. This sounds real biblical. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare the way for Him. will show up every time. God, I, I've discovered this. God always inhabits prepared places. In fact, I know that the Genesis account is the launch of the redemption story throughout Scripture. But I want you to also understand that it is, an account, it is an account. It is a demonstration to us that God inhabits prepared places. He doesn't hang out in chaos and turmoil. He shows up on the scene and he sets things in order. And administratively, he puts it to function correctly because God inhabits prepared places. And so, therefore, what that means in our personal lives... If there's no preparation, there's no habitation. And if there's no habitation, then our back end is exposed. And we get overtaken. Prepare the way of the Lord. And then finally, let me say this to you about this tactic. Because I recognize, I'm not preaching to you out of lack of experience. I want you to know that... uh, I understand, I try to make light of it so you'll take it better, but I do understand that when the day comes and you're required to break up, and you're required to move on, and you're required to step out, and you're required to leave a job, even though you don't have another job lined up because you feel like God is saying to, and when you feel like God is saying give, and you don't have it to give, but you obey I recognize, out of my own life's experience I've experienced every one of those I just mentioned to you that a lot of times You're overtaken by fear. Because those are hard things to do. It's hard to live by faith sometimes. So let me help you this morning. I'm going to try to encourage you. I'm going to try to get you excited. as about the after God as you were, the before God. Can I help you? When you're afraid to take the next step, check your behind. Because I know... I knew, said, just go ahead and lean over your neighbor right now. I said, just check your behind. Go ahead and tell them. Some of y'all, some of the parents wanted to say that to your kids this morning. Just check your stinking behind. And, yeah. Why is that important? How is that encouraging? It's encouraging because if he is behind you, then you ought to be brave. It ought to bolster you this morning that there is a God that not only prepares the way, but once we step out and prepare the way for the Lord, the God of the universe, the God with might, the God with power, the God with grace, the God with everything that we need, is coming behind us. In fact, I need you to think about that just a moment, because that means you don't have to be afraid. Because if you if you have a rear guard, check this out now. If you have a rear guard, come here, Tari. This is no longer Tari. I didn't do this in first service. So I'm putting him on the spot. This is no longer Tari. This is God of the Universe. Just for a moment, don't now, don't don't be getting no big head, and doing none of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's my, he's my behind. All right. <clears throat> do you realize what having a, the God of the Universe behind you means? that in order come here Keith you can be me you got the better end of that deal no I don't you got the worst end of that deal I had to think about who was behind me he got the worst end of that deal Okay, Keith is me Tari is God I'm the enemy that means in order for me to get to me no, in order for the enemy to get to me I have to be able to get through Tari and the Bible says that Tari never sleeps and never slumbers. That means he's never off duty. That means even when, you, when, when Steve is worn out, tired, not doing very well, beat down, Tari is back here wide awake, drank 19 cups of espresso, can't go to sleep, has overdosed on Red Bull, and can get no sleep because he's always on duty. So therefore, what that means is when sickness tried to sneak up on you, Here he comes. I I, I see it. If I can just make Steve sick, I'm going to sneak up on him. And I think I got him. And all of a sudden, I go, ooh, that was meant for somebody else. Excuse me for Wrong Steve. Then, then devastation finds a really good hiding place. And Steve's about to pass by. Come here, Steve. Just kind of walk by. I'm, I'm here in the dark, and I'm going to spring out on you and capture you. And about the time I'm ready to pounce, hello. I don't think that was meant for you either. And all of a sudden, this rear-guarding God who was before you is now behind you. Nothing can sneak up on you. So why are you afraid? Go sit down. You can go sit down, Steve. God, you did a good job. Thank you, sir. The truth is, is that a lot of the things that the enemy planned for us... And patterns for us and schemes for us, because the Bible also tells us that the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy, and he never takes a day off either. Don't you dare think that he he quits trying. Don't you dare quit thinking that he, he he he's planning for you and he's plotting for you. He's laying up ambushes for you on a daily basis. But the truth is, is that most of you don't even know that, and it never even hits your radar screen because there was a God that came behind you and intercepted. In other words, uh, Steve here, I'm a boy in a bubble. I'm surrounded. He Listen, if he goes before me, and in the same verse he says, not only does he go before me, but he's with me. That means he's in front of me me But now he finishes the deal and he says, I'm also behind you. Then what am I afraid of? Why am I afraid to break up? I, I, I don't know if I'll ever find love again. Baloney, he's all around you why am I afraid to take a step of faith and quit my job when he told me to quit six months ago and I'm miserable and it's driving me crazy and no door seems to be open because I didn't obey why would I be afraid now when the provider of everything that I will ever need is all around me and if I step out in faith he already prepared a way and now he's behind me to make sure I don't get snuck up on some of y'all are scared to death and I'm telling you the tactics of God is this he surrounds you so if he surrounded you may I submit this to you when you're surrounded you know what you ought to do surrender yeah, I, I I don't know if you've ever watched any old westerns, but when the Indians begin to surround the cowboys, a lot of times they go, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> we give up. Fly the flag. Come and get me. Don't fight. Don't shoot me anymore. We need to do that with God because some of us get our in our own way, and we want to step out and take things into our own hands. And if we would just go, God, I surrender. If you're before me, you're preparing the way. I'll take the steps I need to take. And when I take those steps, lo and behold, God came behind me and shut out the devil and I'm surrounded by His goodness. He ambushes the ambusher. You can trust Him. And although I like the before God better, I'm thankful that on most days, even when I'm not aware, and the devil sneaks up on me and he's about to grab me. Tari shows up. God shows up and bows up, and the devil passes on by. So, here's your assignment this morning. Quit looking over your shoulder expecting a surprise attack. You may be surprised, but God's not. So, here's your assignment. We're going to get very, very practical this morning. Very practical. Grab a piece of paper if you don't have one already. Quit drawing diddlies. Get a pen. Getting ready to help you. I'm going to pray over you here in just a moment. And then I'm going to give you time. Because I know if I send you home to do it, what you'll do is you'll start watching that big game instead. And you'll never get back to it. I just know this. If he's got enough to get you to a place, then he's got enough to guard you on the journey to that place. Okay? So here's your assignment. Nobody's going to see this but you and God, so you can be very honest. Don't let nobody cheat off you. I want you to write down what you need. Don't fluff it up. Be honest. I need a financial breakthrough, I need a healing in a relationship, I need freedom from drugs, I need pornography broken off my life struggling with depression. Write down what you need. I'm gonna pray over you, and after I finish praying, this is your assignment right here, right here in front of God. I want you then to begin to list the steps you need to take. You need to take. To prepare the way for God to act on your man. This could be life changing for some of you because you've been waiting on God and he's been waiting on you so let me pray and then I'm going to let you write down what you need to do Father this morning what I'm asking my folks to do can be challenging because it's easier when we put the responsibility on you So what I'm asking you, Father, is to help us to be honest with you and with ourselves. And God, I pray that you would bring to our mind, some of us already know the steps because you gave us instructions a long time ago and we've just been ignoring you. But for some of us, we really don't know what the next step is. I'm asking you in this moment as we sit here and we... Intentionally take time to write down our steps. I pray that you would reveal those steps to us. And I pray that we wouldn't give ourselves a free pass and make it easier than it really is. Because for some of us to be free and for some of us to be blessed, it's going to require some pretty difficult steps. I pray that you'd help us to list those out and then I'm praying that the fact that you're behind me would cause me to be brave and courageous enough to actually step out and take those steps we need your help so I pray that you give us strength today And as, a, as we write these steps down if we get afraid pray that you'd help us to check her behind and realize that you're standing there waiting just wait at the moment we step out you'll step in i ask you to do that in jesus name amen as kim plays would you just take a moment and begin to list the steps that you need to take nobody else can take these steps the steps that you need to take Way of the Lord. I'm going to give you a few moments and then Pastor Woody's going to come and close us, but we're going to give you adequate time to step by step two or three things you can do starting today that'll prepare the way of the Lord.